Welcome to the Making Kids Count podcast brought to you by Kentucky Youth Advocates, where we sit down with policymakers, community leaders, and youth to discuss ideas to make Kentucky the best place to be young. Now here's your host, Terry Brooks. As we go into January 2022, uh, you will see us unfold a series of uh, forums uh, that include uh, uh, leadership from the House and Senate, uh, as well as the administration. So as we're gearing up uh, to uh, make policy happen in Frankfurt, uh, we really need you to be tuned in uh, for these next uh, next few weeks. Uh, we're happy that everybody is here, uh, especially happy to see uh, Representative Prunty join us. Uh, she is a real champion for kids, and it's great to to know that she's on this call. So uh, we've got a great panel and I wanna keep it uh, really quick because all of them know a lot more than I do about this particular issue. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to frame this uh, topic today uh, almost in a, in a sociological way. I, I think sometimes we forget, uh, as my colleagues know, I am old and decrepit. Uh, and so when, when I think back to the 1950s. No, I was not in high school yet, but I was around. Back back then, cigarettes and kids, uh, like the, the metaphor for that was that guy in the black leather jacket riding a motorcycle, kind of like those really bad actors. Then we moved to my era where we just smoked under the bleachers. Okay, you didn't have to wear a black leather jacket or ride a motorcycle. You did need to kind of sneak around doing it. Uh, you know, it's interesting that that we forget, uh, and I know some of you definitely have forgotten from, from your age, but uh, some of you know that I was a, a principal for a long time. Uh, when I started being a principal, there was not a discussion that young people should not smoke. In fact, the only thing that, that was legislated was that it was okay for schools to have designated smoking areas, okay? Like, please don't smoke in the third floor restroom because you leave a mess. Instead, smoke in the first floor restroom or we even built a terrace. So between classes, you could go and get your smoke and then go to third period. That was not as long ago as you might think. So it is a compliment to advocates. It's certainly a compliment to the General Assembly that we have moved as far as we have, because uh, it's easy, isn't it, that you look at a, a policy arena and you may forget how far you've come. So we have come a long way, the General Assembly, has taken persistent uh, and steady steps to protect kids from tobacco, from e-cigs, from, from a variety of harmful products. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. In fact, Kentucky continues to rank as one of the, the states that has the highest use from children uh, and, and uh, nicotine, that connection. So we want to talk to you today uh, about the issue in general, but what I'm very animated about is we're going to center on a very targeted 
legislative ask. And it really boils down to the question, do we want to allow communities which want to step up to protect their citizens, their young citizens' health, do we want to allow them to do that? Or are we going to say that Frankfurt won't let you? I mean, at the essence, that's the question. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to invite you to engage in a campaign around that theme. And uh, what we really hope uh, at the end of today's forum, uh, you are motivated, activated, and ready to rock on behalf of kids protecting them from nicotine. So I'm going to kick it to uh, today's moderator, uh, my colleague, Alicia Watley. And Alicia, take it from here. Thanks, Terry. Um, so like you said, I'm Alicia Watley with Kentucky Youth Advocates. Um, so I think that Terry set a really uh, good stage for us today for our discussion. And like he said, we do have a rock star panel this morning. Um, some of the experts across the state on this issue that we're really excited to hear from today. Um, so I'm going to first introduce who we have on our panel today, and then we can dive into some of these topics. Um, so we have Shannon Smith, who is the state director of government relations with the American Heart Association. Uh, we have Hannah Abden, who is a senior um, in high school from Boone County. We also have Allison Adams, uh, who's the vice president for policy with the Foundation for a Healthy Kentucky. And then we also have uh, Betsy Clemens, who is the executive director of the Hazard Perry County Chamber of Commerce. So welcome to all of our panelists and thank you all for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. Um, so I think before we are going to dive into some really specific policy ideas and what's coming up in Frankfurt um, in the next several months. But first, um, I think it'd be great if we could just set the stage and share maybe a landscape of kind of what's going on right now um, in in the state and also um, in the nation as far as ideas around tobacco-free policy and what's kind of been happening. So Allison, would you start us out and kind of just give us an idea of what's been going on at the state and federal level? I'm sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Again, um, uh, from the foundation's perspective, one of our focus areas is tobacco control, and we really um, enjoy the collaborative partnership with Kentucky Youth Advocates and the American Heart Association and, and all of you all um, as, as stepping up to um, to fight together, if you will, on policy that are impacting um are very young Kentuckians. And so there are some things going on in, in the state and um, at the federal level. And I really want to focus on um, two um, kind of new things that are happening at the federal level. And one is you might have heard some issues around um, the FDA's approval or discussion about flavors and flavor bans in um, tobacco products. And we all know that um, flavor Band or flavors actually target um, youth because we have flavors like bubblegum and cotton candy and sweet cherry and, and those kinds of things. So it's important that um, the FDA, uh, we continue to advocate, um, even at our local level, we continue to advocate that flavors are not good for Kentucky's youth. And so as that goes through the process, they're currently they're they are working on not approving any new flavors, but there's still flavors that exist out there. So, um, you know, the the advocate for at the federal level is to ban all flavors um, from at the FDA level. You also can hear um, talks about menthol. And again, menthol is not considered a flavor as of yet. So if you ban flavors like cotton candy, there's still menthol out there that has a specific target to, to not only youth, but some of our um um, African-American population, there's a lot of, of targeting um, using the, the menthol products. So from the federal level at the FDA, um, 
approval process, um, working on banning flavors is very important in um, youth reduction, youth initiation um, at, at, all, at the level of making sure that it's not targeting and marketing um, towards kids. The other thing that's very hot off the press is um, President Biden's Build Back Better um, campaign uh, bill, which um, has the increase of the federal excise tax on tobacco products. And so we know that raising the, the price on tobacco products is a um, initiation um, prevention tool. So the higher the cost of nicotine products, whether they are in um, um, smokeless products, um, e-cigarettes or um, cig um, cigarettes, combustibles, we know that increasing is an evidence-based, increasing the price is an evidence-based tool to um, first prevent initiation in youth because they're expensive, they're hard to get a hold of, and then also um, is a very um, big stick for cessation. Um, so as costs increase, it also is it more incentivized an incentivization for people who are currently smoking to become non-smokers. So that that big piece in, um, although it's a funding mechanism for the Build Back Better program, it's also an evidence-based tool to uh, prevent initiation and pr promote cessation. So you'll hear some of the um, Kentucky talk about how it's disproportionately affecting um, some farmers or some um, um, specific use that that rhetoric, for lack of a better word, is the fact that there's very little tax on some of those products. And this particular excise tax is giving kind of an even playing field. So if you go from zero to $2, it's a very big, you know, inflation of a percentage. Uh, so it's, it's, it's mostly on leveling the playing field on the taxation um, of all tobacco products um, that contain, uh, you know, the either whether it's e-cigarette, whether it's smokeless or whether it's combustible. So, um, you know, I just encourage you to do your own research to really look and see what, what it looks like. And, you know, basically if you're paying zero now and we ask you to pay $2, the percentage is very much inflated, but really it's just bringing um, an even kill to taxation on all the products um, at the same level so that we have a, um, an, a prevention and a cessation tool um, for a level playing field for all uh, tobacco products. So I think that, that those are the two things that are really happening at the federal level that I think we should all be um, advised about in youth prevention and um, cessation, as well as the state level. Um, it's a budget year coming up 2022, and we have a real opportunity um, funding for um, prevention and cessation programs has been cut over the last two years. And we, we really need to step up our efforts to um, to advocate for more funding to come back into the prevention and cessation programs that um, Kentucky Public Health and communities and schools have the opportunity to take advantage of. So you'll hear um, some of the programs that perhaps Hannah has come up through um, in regards to like school prevention programs. Those have been defunded essentially um, due to budget cuts on prevention and cessation. So again, a budget year, it's an opportunity for us to advocate for more infusion to fight big tobacco marketing. Today, we said at $1 of prevention in Kentucky, $117 of marketing. And that's clearly um, a, a very uneven playing field for our youth. Thanks, Alicia. I'll turn yeah, it back absolutely. over to you. Thank you for, for laying that all out for us. And that's really helpful for everyone on the call to kind of get an idea of what's been going on, um, both federally and also some of the opportunities at the state level. Um, 
I'd like to hear, Shannon, if you want to maybe dive into what what state policies are we looking at this year, in addition to that budget ask that Allison was just talking about. Okay, yes. Uh, thank you. And thank you for having me. Uh, Terry, you set the stage well and talking about, uh, you know, local communities and what can they do and what should they be able to do and, and what can we do to help them. And really what we're going to be focused on uh, and what I'd like to dive into is preemption. And now some of you on the call may know what that is. It's a word that I absolutely hate. I hate using it. Uh, I wish it was a part of the campaign. Uh, but what preemption means is to prohibit in some way. So in this instance, uh, local communities are preempted or prohibited from passing any law that is more strict or stringent than the current state law. So look, and that is on tobacco and the sales, marketing and distribution of tobacco or tobacco products. So it means that there are no community. The only smoke free work that we can do in Kentucky is around smoke free workplace. That's the only policy or ordinance that can be passed at the local level uh, currently as it relates to tobacco or tobacco use. So you're asking, well, why is this important? Why do local communities need the tools to do this? And what? What are we doing? What what does the preemption mean? So we are trying to repeal an old law uh, that was put on the books 25 years ago. Uh, Big Tobacco went across the country passing laws to prohibit local communities from enacting uh, any law on the sales, marketing, or distribution of tobacco. And they were brilliant in doing so. It was a great tactic because instead of looking at thousands of communities that uh, wanted to pass policy or take action, they could look at 50 states. Well, there's also been a new movement uh, because of advocates like you uh, across the country trying to repeal those old laws. So that is our goal, is to really just strike that law from the books, remove it so that communities could take action if they so choose. It is not a mandate. Communities do not have to pass an ordinance, and there isn't prescriptive laws that they would have to pass. There's um, a litany of of options that they could do. We currently um, have secured a sponsor for this upcoming legislative session to be able to repeal this old law, and it is Senator Hornback, and we are thrilled to have him uh, as a sponsor. Uh, And Most of you know, some of you may not. He is a tobacco farmer. But he also understands uh, that tobacco is not intended for children or youth. Uh, This is something that adults um, can choose to do if they want. And he understands that, you know, big tobacco, once again, they were brilliant in marketing to youth. And they have uh, begun to addict an entire new generation of nicotine um, dependent individuals and children. and so. Terry also brought up a good point. You know, kids smoked 50 years ago. Um, We almost eradicated. I mean, you almost never heard of a child, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, a 12 year old that smoked. It didn't happen. And now we are seeing it. We are seeing kids younger than 12 um, with these devices, these vaping devices. And we know what that does. Um, to children and creates lifelong addiction um, that many people in their adult years wish they could go back and undo that action. So by repealing this law, we will allow communities to choose 
what marketing is done in their area, where fake stores or convenience stores can display or market products, uh, which will really offer the tools for those in the community to take action if they so choose and if they see the problem and how they want to address it. So that's uh, that's really our push at the uh, state level right now is to repeal that old law. Thank you, Shannon. That was a really great overview. And if anyone on the call has questions, because we know that sometimes this law can get a little wonky yes. and confusing, like please feel free to put them in the chat and we'll try to get them answered. Um, just as you mentioned, there's a lot of different options that communities would have if this passed um, as to what they could do and they get to make those decisions. Um, could you give any examples of how they could really use this opportunity to keep tobacco products out of the hands of youth specifically? Like what would they, what might be something that they might do at a community level? Absolutely. So for instance, they could pass a zoning ordinance that could prohibit where uh, these products are sold uh, and how close to a school or how close to a daycare or youth center. Uh, Any of those, they could pass any type of ordinance that would allow that. They could also limit the marketing and display of these products at any convenience store. I know that a lot of us have um, been to any kind of convenience store or gas station and you walk in, you've got to pay for whatever your item is. And right there is a display of all of these products that look like candy. They emulate products that truly, I mean, the one that always blows my mind is the Airheads. You know, everybody's seen that logo and you know what that logo looks like. Well, there are vaping devices that have almost the exact same logo on it. And they could at least, communities could pass a law that says those devices can still be sold, but they have to be kept behind the counter. So you have to, you have to intentionally go in and ask for that device. Those are just a couple of ways. And also communities could choose, we're not going to sell flavors of anything in our community. We are going to choose not to do that. Uh, So those are three examples. Uh, Like I said, there are lots of other ones. Um, Tobacco retail licensures, communities could pass so they know where where this is being sold. Uh, And that's that's a really good tool and tactic for communities to have is just being able to hold these places accountable because by passing a, a law like that, you have compliance checks. And the fees associated with those compliance checks would tend to not um, to, to help not let people sell to minors. Yeah, thank you for those examples, Shannon. That's helpful to kind of visualize what this might look like um, if we were to get this passed um, and really putting that accountability on some of those retailers. And I like how you kind of talked through that. Um, so as we're talking about what options there might be for local um, control in this instance, if this were to pass, um, Betsy, I really want to invite you to, to talk from a local perspective. Um, could you tell us about maybe why you think this is important for your community and how this might impact a smaller community um, if this were to pass? Sure. Good morning, everyone. And um, I've worked closely with Shannon and our health department to make sure that we are providing a health, a smoke-free community. But we, uh, as many of you all should know, we're one of the most unhealthy counties, Perry County is in Eastern Kentucky, as well as all of Eastern Kentucky. So we w- really work on a daily basis on how to improve our lung health and lung disease, which is a huge battle here in Eastern Kentucky. 
So we really believe that a smoke-free workplace and community will make our youth and our young adults just less likely to even start smoking due to a number of factors, such as not being a low visibility of seeing other smoke, fewer opportunities to be able to smoke alone, because if you have a no-smoking environment, they're not allowed and they're being less likely to smoke. And as long as reducing the social acceptability for smoking, like Shannon was talking, it's a huge problem with the vaping in our youth right now. But we as a community want to protect all our workers from secondhand smoke also and to reduce death and disease from secondhand smoke. So being in a smaller community, I think it's been easier for us because we have city and county government that work really well together. And if the state, if we can get some of these laws repealed, I think it will be easier to handle some of these things, such as putting billboards up and making it more visible for marketing for these products. Um, that's just one of the things I see for our, that's why it's important to our community. But it's also, we're really trying to promote Eastern Kentucky and tourism is a huge impact in our economy. And as you all know, cigarette butts that go out into the drains, people throw them on the streets. I'm a huge advocate on not, people not throwing their cigarette butts down because it just, it's nasty, dirty, and it hurts our environment. So that's another reason as a community, it's really important to make it smoke free. But I think that all of our workers have the right to be protected from secondhand smoke and to be able, that we are able to reduce death and other diseases because as you all know, healthcare is so expensive now and we're dealing with, let alone dealing with the pandemic that we're going through right now. So we really need to make our voices heard in these communities and work with our local and state legislatures to make sure that we can make a change. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that that's really important to remember that we are talking about some of some of these big health issues that are occurring in our state and how this could really have an impact on families and youth um, not using these products and, and really having better health outcomes over time. Um, Hannah, I would also love to hear from you kind of, um, you're in a different part of the state. So, and also you are a young person who is around people who maybe are using these products or you see these products out and about. Um, so what do you think that this would look like in your community? Um, and why would this be important for, for you? Thank you, Alicia. Uh, I know Shannon touched on a subject that is very close to me in my community, marketing of these products. Um, uh, for example, on the way to my school, my daily um, driving to my high school in the morning, I pass four convenience stores that highly advertise tobacco products. And I do feel that they are aimed towards youth. There is four different stores. And that just blows my mind when I was um, counting on my way to school one morning. Not only are these tobacco products marketed on the inside of stores when you're paying for stuff, but also in the storefronts. And it's just kind of disheartening to me to see these tactics being used. And um, when I actually get to school, I see, unfortunately, their tactics seem to be working when I see my fellow peers with vape products. And it seems that these numbers are increasing in, within my school, which is located in Boone County. And I, for example, when I'm going to restroom and like between classes, it's very common for me to like walk through 
clouds of vape smoke just trying to wait in line and get to restrooms. And I'm like, this is kind of crazy. I didn't have to deal with these issues so much in middle school. And I feel like it's becoming more and more relevant. And I have younger sisters who go to middle school and they're seeing that now they see it too. So it's crazy now just in the past, you know, five years or so from my transition to high school, these numbers have been increasing in use and throughout my community. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that experience. I think that this kind of just brings us full circle back to what Terry was talking about earlier, right? Like some of us might not even remember a time where there was a lot of smoking going on in school buildings. And now we're kind of back to that, that issue being brought back up Um, more. So it sounds like with the vaping devices and the e-cigarettes is what's kind of the most popular right now in those environments. So definitely something that um, is coming back around. Um, But thank you for sharing that. It sounds like really among your community, um, there are just tons of products out there, lots of advertising. And so what Shannon was talking about, some of those options would really be um, available to your community to to look at and take advantage of if we were to repeal this um, state policy. So um, before we move on from that, is there anything else that any of our panelists want to add about this policy specifically that we kind of haven't already touched on? Just want to make sure. I think you all did a great job explaining it. I wanted to make sure that I was clear. I don't think I said it, but that everyone understands that this is in no way um, can communities pass a tax. So this does not touch on a tax that the products are currently at. That's per our Kentucky constitution. We cannot raise um, tax on any product with this law. So just wanted to make sure that that wasn't a, we usually get that question uh, and that, um, that, that helps that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for adding that in. That's definitely helpful to remember that. Um, I'm getting a question in the chat here. It says, can Hannah talk about examples? Um, Hannah, do you think that it would be helpful if they, um, like were to reduce the marketing near your schools, how do you think that that might impact the youth use in your area? Yeah, I feel like the proximity uh, to my school, if we were able to somehow decrease, you know, how close this advertising was done to my school, it would be of great use because lots of these stores are really close to my high school. Mm -hmm. And by being able to take some sort of action to limit the advertising, I feel like it would be um, less available to youth almost and that the numbers maybe would decrease. Yeah. So like you said, it's really like on your way to school in the morning, people might be stopping in to get a drink or a snack or something on their way or even get gas in their car. And then all these products are right there as they're about to walk into the school building. So yeah, it definitely sounds like that could have a huge impact in your community. Um, so thank you all for talking through that policy. I think that that gives us a really good overview. Um, and towards the end, we're going to talk a little bit more about what advocates can be doing as well to kind of help out with this effort. Um, But I wanted to give us a chance to also see if there's anything else at the state level that we just wanted to kind of touch on. I know, Allison, you um, you did touch on the state budget and how tobacco prevention and cessation is going to be a huge issue again this year in that um, respect. Did you want to say anything else about what the um, coalition is doing to work on that this year or any other details around that? Sure. So um, if you're familiar, the the Coalition for Smoke Free Tomorrow, where it's the foundation serves as the backbone organization is, you know, a a group of, the steering committee, a group of um, statewide advocacies focused on um, tobacco control and, you know, successes in the past. And, you know, we're, we're excited um, for the the preemption, um, repealing preemption and, and restoring local control um, as, a, as a youth initiative, prevention initiative. And then, so we wanna focus um, on 
getting back the funding that um, at least back to um, level of where it was just four years ago. We the the interesting thing that I think is important, and this is kind of mind blowing, is the Centers for Disease Control recommends that Kentucky, based on our numbers and based on some of the master um, tobacco settlement funds that are that were earmarked towards um, prevention and cessation, that Kentucky should spend around fifty five million dollars on prevention and cessation. And currently, the past two years, we spent two two million. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the the shock factor of that is, you know, well, we're not getting any better. We, you've heard the numbers. Want twenty five percent of um, our our youth are using tobacco products. Forty three percent of high schoolers are, you know, is using vaping products. Like we're not getting better, and our health status stats aren't improving either around tobacco use related illnesses. But yet we continue to cut prevention and cessation funding. So the the idea or the you know what we're focused on this year because it is a budget year we want to we want to maintain a, a laser focus on restoring this funding to some to some um, respectable level um, and 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 making sure that at least we have some prevention funding for prevention and cessation programs in all 120 counties and that's important because we we know and then there's also um, other opportunities to fund our quit line that the the Department for Public Health runs so that there's um, accessibility um, um, by by telephone. So there's just more opportunity to to get that funding restored so that we can institute uh, more evidence-based programs on prevention and cessation within the schools and for our our adult Kentuckians who want to become non-smokers. Thank you for going through that. Yeah, it's it's definitely an important issue. And I know that we've seen um, just such low uh, investment in that area. And especially, like you said, it has gone down since four years ago. So definitely important piece of the state budget this year. Um, so that kind of brings us into really what we like to talk about every week is what can advocates be doing? What can people on this call be doing to help out with these efforts? We know there's organizations that are working on this, um, bills being filed, but we also know that we need people in local communities to help us with these efforts. So um, Shannon, I don't know if you maybe want to start and we can talk through, uh, I know Terry kind of alluded to it, that there is a new campaign out about the, um, that preemption local control policy. So I think um, Jesse might be able to share a, um, her screen. We have a new webpage that kind of goes through this campaign. So Shannon, do you want to talk through this a little bit for everyone on the call? Sure. And anybody else that wants to jump in, please feel free um, as we go through this. But I am super excited to be the one that gets to introduce our Next the Next campaign. And this is Kentucky Can. And I feel like those two words are so critical to this campaign and to what we are trying to do because Kentucky can nix the next. Local communities getting the control to make this decision is huge. Um, We will have a generation not addicted to nicotine. We can move forward instead of backwards because as we've discussed on this, that's what's happened, right? We have regressed back to the 1950s, as Terry put it. So let's move forward. Let's have Kentucky can nix the next. And that is, I'm glad I just dropped it in the chat. You can go to nixthenext.org. And it's also um, at the link that was just posted in the chat. 
So I don't need to, I don't think necessarily walk through all the content, um, but I would really encourage each of you to come to this page, look at it, use it, share it, uh, watch the video that we have on there. It's it's powerful when you hear from people, individuals that, you know, have dealt with this issue, um, that are addicted to nicotine, that are, you know, trying to tell their former selves, please, please don't do this. I wish I could go back and, and tell myself and my pocketbook. I think there's a quote on there that says something to the effect of, you know, myself, if I could go back and tell my 14 year old self what this was going to do to my health and my pocketbook, I never would have picked it up. (laughs) So let us give communities the ability to make decisions for themselves and how to protect our youth. So we have a couple of asks. Uh, If you want to scroll on down right here. So part of our campaign is we have a text to action call and you can text next the next to 46839. And this will help us send messages to lawmakers asking them to support this legislation. Uh, This will show Senator Hornback how much we support him and appreciate him in sponsoring this. Um, This will also help us in gaining sponsorship. So one of our tactics uh, to really help move this um, bill forward is to gain as many co-sponsors as we can. As we know, the more voices matter and your voice makes a huge difference here. And we would also like, if you want, if you feel um, like you want to jump on this campaign, we would love for you you to drop your name in the chat uh, to sign on in support of this campaign and what we are doing. But also texting that number will help us um, reach lawmakers. But we would love to just have more partners and community members join us. uh, And by signing on, your name will be listed uh, on the website, and we will also be able to share with lawmakers uh, how much support we have around the state to give local communities control of the sales, marketing, and distribution of tobacco. So, please, uh, anybody add anything to, um, to to what I didn't cover? <laughs> That's great, Shannon. Thank you for going through that, and thank you, Jesse, for sharing kind of a, a preview of that webpage on the screen for everyone. Um, so, like she said, if you are interested in this campaign, you would like to to be a supporter and maybe publicly have your name on it uh, or your organization's name. Um, KYA is managing that. So if you would like to do that, certainly let us know. Um, you can put it in the chat. Now you can message anyone from KYA that, you know, um, and then we'll also put that in the follow-up to, to give you an opportunity to do that. Um, Allison or um, Betsy, either one, if anybody wants to add in anything else kind of about um, action items or what um, advocates can be doing. I know that we, talk about engaging with legislators. So if you have any tips or ideas there about how you can get on board or as somebody in a local community, what you can do um, in your area. So I'll go on and speak because I need to jump off. I sure. just think we need to continue to, to encourage our community involvement with all of our partners, such as our local and state government. We're real lucky in my area. We have a state representative and a senator that live in Hazard. So I will work hard to make sure that we campaign for all of these. But we also need to encourage our other health organizations and our education sectors that involve, um, including volunteers, so that we can improve the prevention and sensation. And I really love this campaign of next the next, and we'll use the tools provided. So I'm excited for that. So thank you all. 
Thanks for being with us today, Betsy. We appreciate you being on our panel. And, and I say ditto to what Betsy said, but then I also would add that make it personal to all the advocates who are on this call. I know you have a personal story to tell of why nixing the next campaign is important and why repealing um, preemption in Kentucky will be important for your community and um, the people you love. Um, if you look on uh, the campaign, it's 119,000 Kentucky youth under the age of 18 will die prematurely because of their addiction to nicotine. And to me as a mom, that's unacceptable. And to me as an advocate for Kentucky's health, it's unacceptable for um, tobacco to be marketing to our youth as we're unsuspecting moms pulling up to the convenience store to have their child run in to get a bottle of water or Gatorade. And they've been marketed at least 12 times from the front door to the cash register to purchase um, a vaping product and how cool it would be. And, you know, they, they sometimes they don't even know that it's a nicotine product. And, um, you know, so it's not just about peer pressure anymore. I think that was the days of, of old for, for those of us who are old on the call. Now it's a big marketing. It's really about marketing and getting one and two and three and four kids addicted to nicotine. And so I just encourage you as advocates to reach out to your legislator and make sure you tell them the personal story of why this is important. We care about Kentucky's economy. We care about um, a healthy workforce. The only way to get that in the future is to prevent um, nixing. We need to nix the next generation of nicotine addicts so that they don't have the long-term effects, health effects, so that they can become productive workforce that we're that all of us are looking for in the state in Kentucky. So I the, my take-home message is make it personal. Make sure your legislator knows there's a personal story of why local communities should have control to control the marketing, sales, and distribution of tobacco products in their community. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Allison. Shane, did you want to add something? Yes. I wanted to add, you said something, Allison, that triggered something. By texting that number, um, texting next to the next to that number, it actually sends a personal message to your legislator. So it's by putting that information in, it goes to your specific legislator or lawmaker. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I was going to say, if you um, certainly use the tools on that webpage, if you'd like to reach out and if you want to go beyond that and like schedule a meeting with your legislator or do something beyond that, um, KYA also has the legislator lookup tool um, on our website. So if you're not sure who those people are, um, certainly look that up and see who represents you and like Allison said, reach out to them and make it personal and have a conversation with those people and talk, talk to them about why it's important for the community because they live in these communities too. You know, these are real people who live in the same communities as you. So it's important for, for all that outreach. I also want to give um, Hannah a chance to really talk about what do you think that other um, youth could be doing? I know that you've been like so involved in this work and we really appreciate all of your advocacy. Um, but this is really your generation that we're talking about. We're talking about kids that are in high school and teenagers. So what do you think that your peers could be doing to, to help out and get involved? Yeah, I would encourage my fellow peers and advocates alike to become more involved in programs that A, are already in place and B, that are emerging like next to next. I know um, that this week my school is going through something called the Red Ribbon Week. And I know this is a relatively old program, but I feel like the spotlight's really been taken away from programs like these. And I feel that my fellow peers could be more involved in these programs or, you know, make a bigger deal about it and even smaller ways. 
you know, even if it's just like talking to their friends about it or spreading the word about these programs. Awesome. Thank you, Hannah. And like I said, we really appreciate you getting involved in spreading the word, um, you know, among your, your group of peers um, at your school, things like that. Um, if you know youth that are interested in getting involved um, further than that, Hannah works with our youth ambassador or health youth ambassadors program um, through KYA. So we have opportunities for youth to kind of learn about advocacy through that as well. So you can certainly reach out to us if you have youth or young people that might be interested in getting involved. Um, always looking for great uh, young people to help us advocate. So um, I just want to say thank you to our panelists today. You guys did a great job kind of going over why this is so important for our state, for our families and our youth, um, laying out the issue, and then definitely lots of action steps for our advocates on the call today, lots of ways that people can be getting involved. Um, I will also say one other thing is on that website, there is a, um, a one-pager that you can download. So if you're looking for like something that you can give to people to share information, we also have that available that you can um, download and have a copy to kind of leave with people or talk to your legislator or whatever you would like to do with that. So lots of ways to get involved there. Um, so once again, thank you to everyone for joining um, on our panel. You all did a great job. I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, Mahek, to kind of close us out and talk about what's coming up. Thanks, Alicia. And thank you all for taking time out of your busy work day or school day, Hannah, for joining us today. So we appreciate that. Um, we also want to thank Aetna Better Health for their support of today's Advocate Virtual Forum. And some quick reflections that I heard um, from our conversation today is everyone from policymakers to advocates to educators to parents need to be involved in the effort of keeping vaping and tobacco products away from our children. Federally, there's a couple opportunities through FDA regulating flavor e-cigarettes and vaping devices, and also within the uh, Build Better Build Back Better Act in Congress right now. Um, so there's opportunities to engage that way as well. And if we look at the state level, um, as it was shared by Allison, um, it's a budget session. So one big call to action is to increase investments to ensure coordinated, comprehensive tobacco prevention and cessation programs are across the state to really tackle those social norms to help tobacco users quit and to prevent youth from starting to use um, tobacco products in the first place. Additionally, um, Kentucky Youth Advocates and our partners right now are continuing our work to reduce the use of tobacco products among youth by preventing the next generation from ever becoming addicted. Um, and so Shannon and others talked about really that pre preemption um, law that has been in place for more than 25 years. And now it's the time that we need to give local communities the authority to make local decisions. Um, so you could join us in the statewide effort uh, with Nick's The Next Campaign um, by looking at the website, utilizing the infographic, texting the number that was provided, and also reaching out to your legislator. Um, there's so much at stake, not only in Washington, but also in Frankfurt. So we hope that you all join us in that effort. So looking ahead to the upcoming forums, there will not be a forum next week, but the following week, November 10th, we'll be having our Kids Count press conference, where we will meet with legislators and discuss the release of the new 2021 Kids Count County data book. And as always, we'll follow up um, with a recording of today's forum along with RSVP links and upcoming events. So thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the Making Kids Count podcast with Terry Brooks. 
For more information and to listen to more episodes, visit kyyouth.org slash podcast. Kentucky Youth Advocates is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization who doesn't accept government money so that we can remain truly independent. To support this podcast and our mission as the independent voice for Kentucky kids, please consider making a gift at kyyouth.org slash donate.